0: Hello everybody and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you
1: Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Have you been indicted today yet? (laughs) Not not yet, but I'll
0: tell you what... uh, there were a few uh, indictments in these last few weeks. We yeah. ought to be all experts on this. Yeah. But uh, you know, the, the news was filled. I sort of wanted to know what everybody was thinking, clicking around the television, mm-hmm. and uh, it uh, it sounded political to me. But yeah. uh, it uh, also it also gave us an opportunity to show the world of the American system of justice. We've had a reputation for m- meeting out justice and fairness and all this. So uh, they even there was even one order. Article came out and and said, possibly we might consider easing up on uh, our attack on Assange.
1: Mm. Oh, yeah, that uh, was good news.
0: I hope, I hope that uh, you know, uh, get can send us something very, very firm. But I w- want to start off t- today with uh, you know the the, the 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 fourth indictment. Yeah. Uh, this is another record. Trump's yeah. getting more records. You yeah. know, <laughs> the fourth indictment, and with, uh, along with 18, uh, 18 other people, and uh, by this time uh, about. About uh, by the time the first one would have been hinted, I think everybody was would skirt out of town. His supporters would disappear yeah. and the candidate would resign, you mm-hmm. know. But no, one, two, three, four. And it's still it still hasn't peaked yet. I mean it's, it's 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 really a pretty pretty sad story uh but I think it's very significant because I think that we are definitely at a crossroads on what's going to happen we either have to start cleaning this up but I I can't see how this mess can be resolved you know uh before the conclusion prior to or with the election next year because uh you know if if it turns out that uh, they find something and they But I don't think this will happen where it's so bad that Trump supporters leave them. Most predictions are, and I sort of sympathize with this viewpoint, is if they come up with more and more, that there's going to be uh, more 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 Democrats uh, maybe getting tired of the whole thing because they have to defend Biden. Yeah. You know, so. This, this is a big thing, but uh, the one interesting thing, uh, I mean, and uh, a very dest- destructive thing, is uh, this is uh, in this uh, Georgia case, it was filed on the RICO. And RICO is really designed to be very harsh and tough because it's good to go after the gangsters yeah. and all the really bad people. And uh, I think it was what RICO said. They really haven't tested it or used it. So they had to wait till they got the worst criminal in the world. Yeah. So they're using the Rick- RICO thing. And uh Of course, they point out that uh, in in, in that case, if they use that in Georgia, there will be no promise of uh, any pardons. Yeah. But uh, I think the pardons will be determined by the people but I, I do fear this escalating that uh, they're feeling their oats uh, there the chaos in the streets with lockdown and with COVID and uh, all the nonsense going on uh, is is leading to uh, even more more trouble because this election uh, dishonesty has been going on since uh, since 2016 really yeah. well, and actually it's longer than that it's been going on a long time but it's really been bad but it's been targeted uh 90 percent of all all the election charges and crimes were all related to something being said about about trump something they that they reinterpreted what he said and uh didn't uh, didn't report it accurately but enough for people to uh support uh these uh these indictments but uh i think uh there's a there's a time span now between now and the next year's election. A lot uh, can happen, but uh, even Turley is very cautious in saying, "Oh, this is no big deal. This is this is all you know, so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if a first-year law student could find out where all the problems are. That doesn't mean a thing because uh, how did the court system, how did the judicial system, uh, how did the prosecutors all get in place if it hadn't been a long-term planning? This is a result of long-term." planning and it's just gotten much worse the chaos in the streets have gone now to the chaos in our elections and uh, less and less people will really feel good about whatever happens in the election you know it's uh it's just going to be too difficult to convince people oh well they're all honest now they're yep. telling <laughs> the, <fixed> they're, <laughs> they're telling the truth yeah. which i think is going to invite more violence and uh, of course that's what we should work to try to prevent
1: yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, it does remind me of what I was watching in Europe when I was monitoring elections in the former Eastern Bloc in the '90s. Because it got to the point that no matter who won and who lost, the person who lost would claim that it was it was rigged and it was fixed. And then you would have people in the streets. Sometimes, for example, in Albania, you had a civil war, and we're moving in that direction. Nobody accepts the results of the elections, and it's a real problem. And you do have legitimate cheating. But you know, you mentioned something that struck me before the show. It seems like every time. Uh, Hunter Biden gets in trouble, there's a new set of indictments (laughs) against Trump, you know, by design. I think this uh, Fannie Willis, she's the uh, the D.A. for Georgia. There's uh, accusations that she slow walked this indictment to try to hit it at the right time. So there seems to be some of that manipulation going on. Yeah,
0: they, uh, they counteract it and they, they have a little bit of cooperation, you know, with the media. Uh, but uh, I, I, th- I I think there is a trend away from people being to- totally dependent on the media. There are more and more people now challenge uh, government officials of all, sw- all colors and swipes of, and, and challenge the people telling the truth. But I think that uh, more and more people are looking at the major media and that's why so many are flocking to the alternative media, but then you have to be careful which alternative media yeah. you're going to exist. Uh, there are some good groups out there, and I hope we fit into that or strive to fit into people who can trust what we're saying and to doing the best we can to seek out the truth.
1: And I think that's why when we agreed when we were talking about this topic, we're not going to try to go into the trees here and be experts on every aspect of RICO or what happened in Georgia. That really isn't our job. Our job is to try to look at the broader picture and the broader context. So I hope we're successful. Certainly that's what we're trying to do. But we do have the guidance of our good friend Jonathan Turley, uh, who, as could be expected, did a good piece this morning, if we can put that first clip up. Because... Um, It's called, O Georgia and O Peace, I Find the Fourth Indictment of Donald Trump and the Criminalization of Election Controversies. And that's a very good way of putting it. And certainly you can read this column at his jonathanturley.org. But he makes one point that I wanted to point out in this first uh, opening. He says, District Attorney Fannie Willis appears to have elected to, quote, to charge everything and everyone and let God sort them out. So I think that's Turley's way of saying that, She's thrown everything with the kitchen sink into this. And as we say often, Turley is critical of Trump, has been critical of Trump. You can read it in his column. He reiterates his criticism. He's certainly not coming about it from a MAGA perspective. But he's looking at it as an attorney and as a professor of law. And he's saying, this looks very, very flimsy and weird.
0: Yeah, and it remains to be seen on what's, what is going to happen. Ultimately, uh, public opinion is very important, but behind the scenes, uh, the idea ideology and the willingness for corruption uh, in the political system and the court system, you know, really sets the stage for influence. The uh, uh, the, the, the the large number and the majority of people, and it's all important. <clears throat> but I think the uh, the biggest problem here. Is uh, getting more people to have an honest desire to seek the truth and then believe in it. I think they seek the truth now in order to avoid it. Yeah. You know. Oh, we can't have him on. You know. We got to get rid of that prosecutor. He's an honest person. What What do we do to get rid of this guy? You know. So that's that's where a real problem is. Yeah. That uh, should be
1: reversed. Yeah. Well, let's look at a couple of the things in here that Turley's talking about. And the first one we talked about earlier, and actually you mentioned it in your opening, if we can put that next clip up, because this makes an important distinction that people should really keep in mind. Uh, And Turley writes, like the New York indictment, a Georgia indictment would not be subject to a presidential pardon. Not only have GOP candidates indicated they would pardon Trump in any federal charges if elected, Trump could pardon himself. But that power does not reach state convictions. And I think that's a really important distinction here. He will not be able to get out of these two uh, sets of indictments in New York and Georgia if he's reelected. And and it brings up this bizarre scenario. And hear me out because it sounds inconceivable, but weird things keep happening where you will have Georgia (laughs) trying to arrest a sitting president for something cooked up by the Georgia D.A., uh, I mean, you actually used the two words when we were talking early. What are they trying to do? Have a civil war here? Yeah, but you know,
0: one thing that they didn't mention in that uh, concern about uh, if, if Trump is, is in office and these things can't be can't be pardoned for. But uh, then again, if you live up to the uh, concept of what the founders gave us, if there's any question of what is going on with the president. The answer is uh, expulsion. You, you know, uh, to to have uh, have a trial, yeah. and <clears throat> throw him out, and then deal with the legality of it or the punishment. But the Congress isn't supposed to do that. Yes. But uh, so it could be that uh, you know, if Trump wins and there's still these charges that he can't pardon himself for, yeah. uh, that maybe maybe it'll just sit there, you yeah. know, for a while. But yeah. remains to be seen.
1: Well, I mean, I think we can probably agree that Trump does himself no favors by the way he approaches this. Um, You know, he's got some very bombastic uh, postings on his own social media services. Uh, He's lambasting these people. Whether they deserve it or not is beside the point. It doesn't look very presidential, a lot of people would say. But I think you could also make the argument that he needs to stoke the sense of outrage among his supporters because certainly as a populist, he needs to be seen as a champion fighting these things and fighting it in his own way. So I think if he took a purely, this is just my opinion, a purely legalistic approach and wasn't Donald Trump, I think a lot of people would be let down for better or for worse. But with that being said, I think one of the points that Turley tries to make is there are many different ways of interpreting the way Donald Trump speaks. And if you can put that next clip up, A lot of this is about this supposed (coughs) phone call that Trump had where he says, I need to find 11,780 votes in Florida. And what Turley is pointing out is that he may not have meant it in the sense that you need to cheat and get me these votes. He may have been saying, uh, and this is what Turley says, uh, he says that may have been what he meant when he stated, just want to find 11,700 votes, which is more than we need more than we have because we won the state." He said, now, while others have portrayed the statement as a raw call for fabricating the votes, it seems more likely that Trump was swatting back claims that there was no value to a statewide recount by pointing out that he wouldn't have to find a statistically high number of votes to change the outcome of the elections. Now, whether that's true or not, or accurate or not, is beside the point. Turley is simply pointing out that he may have made, meant something completely different, which is, I need to have a recount. It's not, it's not incomprehensible that I can get these many votes. That,
0: that, that I think is so important, because uh, he could just say. I just want I just want all the votes to be counted, yeah. you know, and, and that shouldn't <clears throat> shouldn't have gone any further than that rather than saying, go get the votes. Well, anyway, we've gone over that enough. But uh, it, it's it, we all the votes should be counted. That should appeal to everybody. Yeah, my vote should have been counted. Yeah. And then he should have worked a little bit harder having the evidence of votes. I mean, they had they claimed they had these boxes of votes. And uh, then they said that he never presented this in his petitions. Yeah. You know, if, if they if there was ten thousand votes that he couldn't show weren't counted, that would have should have been the whole issue, yeah. rather than saying who who won the election because somebody else has to sort it out. The real problem is, is there, the pressure on going to the electoral college in a short period of time is such that the the the, the corruption people have the advantage. That this this wheel and deal and get in there and get him sworn in because then you have to remove him yeah. from office once he's sworn in. So that's that's a problem. But if you stick with it and it would help, Yeah, no, it doesn't help a person win because you can't reverse the election, but it would help the future to show how corrupt the elections are. Yes. You know. Yeah. But uh, no, it didn't happen that way. But they, they did. Nobody from the campaign called you and asked you <laughs> about your advice. You were an expert in this. Right. You used to monitor these things. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Well, when I monitor them, they had pieces of paper and every vote was a piece of paper that you counted. So, how old fashioned. So, <laughs> yeah, right. So we have a much better system now. Well, the other point that, that Charlie makes, and if you can put that next one up if you want, is that he points out that between an ele- a, a federal election, between a presidential election in November and the electoral college meeting in January, he says that's a very short period of time to come forward with specific evidence of fraud. He says there has to be a way. He says, the greatest challenge for Georgia is to offer a discernible limiting principle on when challenges in close elections are permissible and when they are criminal. At one point, you can say, I think there's something fishy about this. I have a couple pieces of evidence. The time is very short between the election and the meeting of the Electoral College, so I don't have all the evidence, but I sense that there's something wrong here. Can we do something about it? He's saying That has got to be made legal rather than criminal.
0: Yeah, I keep trying to look at the big picture and why are we having more of these problems like this because there's always been somebody cheating and wheeling and dealing from the very beginning and a lot of stuff going back and forth. But I think we live in conditions that I've talked about a whole lot. And that is, you know, politics is uh, usually involved uh, in the uh, divvying up the loot, yeah. you know, and who, who gets the money uh, from the military industrial complex, who gets the money for, uh, you know, fighting COVID and the pharmaceuticals and all this. But the country, I think what they're recognizing, and they know, and they don't want to admit it, the country's bankrupt. Yeah. And therefore, there's a shrinkage of real wealth and control, and there's a shrinkage of liberty. See, we're bankrupt there. There's a moral bankruptcy. So this this leads to this squirming around and trying to position oneself. It isn't to get a person in better position to have uh, have a better economic system, a sounder monetary system, common sense and foreign policy. It's just how do I squeeze it out of there? How do I build the empire? And, and just look at the effort that we've made, uh, our empire building since 1945. And and really, you know, there's an attack on our foreign policy, an attack on our dollar, and uh, the, the American people getting, very, they get very frustrated with this, and then I think uh, if the government's been living beyond its mean and dishonestly doing the things paying no attention to the Constitution. Why shouldn't these factions do the same thing? Uh, Some people say the government only reflects the people, but sometimes the people then Reflect the government if the government's stealing and robbing and telling us what we have to do then the people think well They're doing it. So we are so that that is the, the big problem is the moral and financial bankruptcy of this country But they, this is not the time we're going to solve it yeah. I mean we have to we have to see what's going to happen between now between now and the uh, and the election to see where the popular sentiment is
1: and there's been so much that's out there. We've put some of it on the show of Democrats claiming that the elections were rigged. Hillary done about 150 times, this was rigged, I was robbed over and over again. And I think Turley tries to sort of, you know, look down the middle and say there has to be a way of challenging the final vote without being sent to jail. Uh, and this should be applicable to both sides. So anyway, we need to move on because um, we, this, we just want to point this out, because I think people tend to be complacent and think, "Oh, that's all in the rearview mirror now, and we're talking about COVID and the tyranny around COVID. If we can skip ahead and put that next one on, um, and this is from the uh, Epic Times, uh, this stuff is still going on. Medical board suspends license of doctor critical of COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, this is doc, um, I don't have her name in front of me now, but we know, we, we've followed this doctor Uh, She's been critical of them. Now, they got her on a technicality. They said, oh, you didn't cooperate enough with the investigation. But it sounds a little fishy because she's been very critical of the vaccines.
0: That's for sure. And uh, I went through this, and most of them, you know, uh, she uh, she would agree with a lot of what we've said and yeah. what I've said about, uh, you know, the controversy in the, in the treatment. But we always went down to the bottom. Our bottom line was that we should practice medicine, be allowed to practice medicine. You know. We should be allowed to discuss things. There should be a public discussion, and it shouldn't be blackmailed that if you don't do the government's line, you, you lose something. So I looked at uh, some of the things she said and did, and I would say most of it... Probably you know would have had an agreement with it, but that is not the issue. Yeah. She's getting punished for saying it, yeah. and uh, and and that they they lose uh, they lose the right of speech speech. That's one of the things that uh, Jonathan Turley points out about Trump. You know, in his defense of his of of his position, he's losing the right of free speech. Yeah. But we as the doctors were losing our right of speech free speech because they wanted to dominate and they were sending a strong message and. Uh, if you want to really get into conspiracy they were deliberately practicing how to close down a whole society and they're always and they're already talking about you know the new treatment yes. and i think that's why this stuff stays in the news they want to let you know who is the boss but they find these things that yeah if she she was just wild eyed and she she did she wasn't polite and that's why we had to take her yeah. license from her but uh, they they really want control, uh, you know, whether they have control of the economic system, the financial system, the banking system, the medical system. Uh, it, it is controlled because they're moving in. They're moving in to having a tyrannical government. And the stage didn't get set with uh, since, uh, uh, since uh, Biden's been in Uh, Or, well, no, I think the stage has been set over a long period of time to get the erosion of the principles of Western civilization, the erosion of the the Constitution and the principles of liberty. That didn't happen overnight. So that that means it's not going to go away overnight either. And if we don't straighten out and start in that direction, then we're going to have the violence break out.
1: Yeah, it's terrible. Well, the other thing we would want to bring up really quickly is that, you know, we were uh, talking about that $24 billion to Ukraine that we weren't sure. Maybe Congress won't pass it. Maybe the House will wake up. Well, while we were doing that, while we were snoozing, Biden found some money to send (laughs) over there. Put that next one up if you can. New U.S. arms package for Ukraine uses money made available by a Pentagon accounting error. Remember that? We talked about that, Dr. Paul. They they misaccounted for $6 billion dollars uh and so now they've sent 200 million of those dollars in munitions over to ukraine Uh, they found the money and they're sending it over we would add and you suggested something like this in your column this week that they've i guess agreed they've agreed to give 700 dollars for every family in maui who's been torched but they which is not very much if you just lost your house but they're giving another 200 million dollars to Ukraine in a losing battle.
0: But you wonder, it was sitting around, and they forgot about it, it was an accounting error. I <laughs> wonder, wonder if the money is in a shoebox yeah. or just what. But uh, it's, and this isn't the first time. There was, a little while ago, there was another story. Oh yeah, we had an accounting error yeah. and all of a sudden. But, but it doesn't matter because if they don't admit to justify, oh, we have more money, all they have to do is call up the Fed yeah. <laughs> and the Fed will take care of it. Yeah. They say, oh no, don't, don't they have to appropriate the money and buy the treasury bill, make the books look look like they're balanced and all this? No, they, they don't have to because you're not allowed to know. You're not allowed to know. Uh, Rand found out you can't even know how they spend the yeah. money. <laughs> and the Fed knows, we know the Fed won't tell us how what they do with the money and whether there's a collusion there so but but a system like that and what we've had is doomed to self-destruct and i think that is what we're witnessing and that's why it is going to be tough sailing and yet we do and we've quite frequently have pointed out, you know, the good signs that are that, uh, are, are coming, that uh, there are more people waking up and, you know, people finally did get upset with COVID. But uh, there's a lot more necessity for more Americans to wake up and become aware of what's really happening to our country.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> well, I'm going to shut out and close out Dr. Paul uh, with another little bit. And you put that next clip up if you can, because just got the title of Professor Vallejos' speech for our, uh, for our conference. And I'm telling you what, I cannot wait to hear this. If you go ahead one more, please. I just can't wait to hear this because this is exactly the topic I'm interested in. His speech is going to be called When the Devil Drives, the Dynamics of Revolution and Civil War. He'll be giving this talk at our September 2nd conference in Dulles in Washington, D.C. area. I have put a link in the description and also I have pinned a link to get tickets in the comments in today's show you're not going to want to miss this great talk and it's not just Professor Vlejos, it's Colonel McGregor Uh, it's Jonathan Turley who we talk about a lot it's Ron Paul it's a great group of speakers uh, and it's going to be fascinating so we want to see there's still time get those plane tickets get those train tickets gas up the car Get your tickets to the conference and come visit us on september 2nd
0: very good i'm certainly looking forward to our conference i know we're going to have not only a lot of good information and speeches i think we'll have a lot of fun there as well because i find out that these type of meetings bring people together there will be new people there will be repeats and all this but generally you know it's, it's a area where you can feel comfortable about the fact that uh, you're dealing with somebody that, except for those few people who snuck in, <laughs> that, that we're not dealing with the government, we're dealing with volunteerism coming in Honestly seeking to find out what is the truth about our foreign policy, our economic policy, and what is going on. And uh, I I work on a positive notion because I believe that basically most people want that. So it's that the people who want power are more sinister and more sneaky and more... Uh, unruly and are willing to break the, break the laws and do what they can to get away with it. But, but basically I think there is goodness in, in people and uh, yet there's a reaction to bad government activities and a necessity for people to try to survive. What do they do when the people, see I think that our government really enslaves us. Because uh, the enslavement really came uh, in, uh, uh, in in the early years when they gave us the income tax. And it says everything you make belongs to you except for that part that the government says you can use. So that, that makes you a slave. And then if you happen to be 18 to 24 and they think they might need you because they're running out of people to go and fight these wars, you know, maybe we have to draft you just in case. And so they have you register for the draft. And uh, lo and behold, there's been a lot of drafts in my lifetime and I worked on the assumption when I was in, high, uh, when, when I was in college and in medical school that in my mind I was always preparing I, they probably will draft me and I I, I always worked that psychologically into my into my thinking and lo and behold you know uh, I got a draft notice in the fall of ni- uh, 1962 during the Cuban crisis and uh, and, it, and it said that's slavery that's involuntary servitude and then they're talking about talking about ironing out the difficulties and who were the slave owners uh, 200 and 300 years ago and, and think they can get to the truth of it, they all look today upon who's being enslaved and being punished and who's benefiting from the enslavement of the monolithic state that we have endured. There is an answer to and that answer can be found in looking for peace and prosperity. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.